Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? Um, I'm I'm okay. I'm rather tired this evening because I have an exam on Sunday, so I've yes. been trying to study for that. And like the first half of this course was before Christmas, and we did five chapters. But there was also something really crazy happening in my personal life at that time. Right. So, involving that where like I was half in and out of the course like I was just getting my stuff done but was I really paying attention not sure and then two weeks off at Christmas I don't remember anything (laughs) about those five chapters uh so it's been an interesting um an interesting go so well good thing you just need to pass the exam you don't necessarily need to like face it to pass the course exactly exactly so I think it should all be all right but definitely tired me out today. I haven't had a day like, I don't know. Solid studying. I, granted, like my definition of like intense studying when I was in university was like you show up at the library at eight and you leave at like 10 o'clock at night. Right. I maybe studied from like straight from like 10 o'clock this morning to about three thirty, four o'clock. And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't I mean, do that's anymore. That's a long time. That's a long time to it is. sit and only do one thing. It is. It is. Like, honestly, shout out to like all the students out there because I remember how intense it was cramming and like trying to study in undergrad. I don't think I could do it anymore. No, no, thank you. I'm well over that period of time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm good. I am drinking another uh, Nummy Creation herbal Mm. coffee alternative um i'm now on to the chocolate mint which uh this one's good this one's probably my second favorite i still have one more flavor to go which is just like the natural flavor um Mm -hmm. i've tried the pumpkin spice vanilla caramel and now the chocolate mint so far caramel Mm -hmm. is like my favorite because it's not like sugary sweet but Mm -hmm. it's nice like you feel you feel like you're having a, a treat without mm-hmm. all the sugar and like that gross sweetness aftertaste. So that one's definitely mm-hmm. my favorite. This one's coming in second. Um, the vanilla I had higher hopes for. I thought it would taste a little bit more like vanilla, but it didn't. Mm. And then same with the pumpkin spice. It was good, but like um, as I've said in previous episodes, pumpkin spice is not really my jam. But uh, just doesn't like pumpkin spice good. lattes. Meh, not for me. So, yeah, that's what I'm enjoying this evening. What are you drinking? I have my dream tea, which is chamomile and lemon. Lovely. Because I want to go to sleep, like, yes. as soon as we're done. And this will do the trick. It's very right? soothing. <laughs> we're only recording at 9.30 at night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because you were trying to stay alive on your drive to this evening. It was so foggy. Yeah, uh, that's some crazy weather. It was like minus 30 just a few days ago, and now it's like Mm -hmm. plus three, but raining, and the fog tonight was nuts. So what should Mm -hmm. have been like a 20-minute drive took like 30, um, Yeah, just because you couldn't see anything. But that's okay. I made it. I made it here. Yes, you did. And uh, we have an exciting topic this evening we do we do which i'm a hundred percent prepared for i know you are i know it's your favorite topic as well um oh yes so 
for this episode, it's now the end of February. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, they were hard hit through December on the bank account side, you know, mm-hmm. the holidays are expensive and we come into January and we're all like, oh, I need to do better. I need to save, I'm not going to spend any money. But now that we're two months into the year, a lot of people, they kind of forget the pain that they went through just mm-hmm. months ago and <laughs> they kind of start to fall back, not pointing fingers, um, they, they fall back into their old habits of maybe, uh, I'm going to say careless spending or mm-hmm. just kind of forgetting the goals, the financial goals that they set for themselves. So we thought that mm-hmm. this episode would serve as a great little reminder, maybe a little push just to um, keep on your financial goals or maybe set some new ones that you never even thought to set for yourself before. Exactly. Would you like to kick us off? I will. So this first one is having an emergency fund. Now, <laughs> this is also called the, the rainy day fund. Um, it has many names, but essentially the purpose mm-hmm. of this fund is that you have what we like to call liquid cash. It's not locked away anywhere. It's not stuck in um, a registered account if you live in Canada or even in the States. Um it's cash that you can access very quickly in case of an emergency. That is why it's there. So I find a lot of people, this is the hardest step when you are trying to get organized with your finances. This is the hard one that people really just don't want to take because you really have to sit down and be honest with yourself uh, because to start an emergency fund, really having any cash aside is a good idea. Okay. You don't want to be solely relying on, um, like a line of credit or credit cards or loans. When you get into a tight bind, it is nice to just have that cash. And then you're not putting yourself into debt or needing to stress about having enough money. So that's what I want to say at first. Cause I think a lot of people get hung up on the emergency fund rule, which is not really a rule. It's just kind of like a rule of thumb where you need to have at least six months of your expenses set aside. And Mm -hmm. when you start adding up the numbers, that can be a very big number that can be very daunting. So a lot of people feel like they're never going to reach it. So they just decide that, you know what, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to maybe have some cash set aside for my registered accounts for investing but anything emergency that comes up, I'm going to pay with credit, um, which is not really a best practice because you can quickly get yourself into deep trouble that way. But if you are in that situation right now, just remember that anything with money is fixable. It may take time, but eventually you'll be able to turn your ship around, so to say. So when you're starting your emergency fund, like I said, any cash that you can get set aside is perfect. Um, But what you want to do is be very honest with yourself. You're going to sit down and calculate all of your fixed expenses that you have every month. So that is like your rent, student loan, uh, car payment, uh, utility bills, anything that is the same amount more or less guaranteed every month. 
add those numbers up and then you're going to also try to add in just your estimates for variable expenses like gas, groceries, and any other reoccurring expenses that might be a little different. And mm-hmm. that is how much you need every month. And just start saving up for that one month. And then once you hit that month, try for another month. And that is how you're slowly going to build a bit of a safety net in case you were for whatever reason to lose your job or um, even need to take time off work or any situation where your income is going to be interrupted or your expenses are unexpectedly going up. So Rachel, what are your thoughts on that so far? Um, I agree. That is currently what I'm working on at the moment, personally. Um, Definitely a long process, but I think I found a really good practice for me. Like at this moment in time, especially because we have, um, you know, like our saving, like a lot of savings accounts in Canada right now have a really good interest rate. So parking some money in there is enticing that um, what I've been doing is I think the percentage I set for myself is that I'm putting aside 20% of my paycheck every period. Mm -hmm. And that's slowly building up my emergency fund. And I always kind of leave, like, I know you do something similar, but I kind of will leave a buffer of about $250, um, in my checking account, like each pay period that I know, like I could put it away right now, but, mm-hmm. uh, just in case something happens, I'm going to leave it in there. And then when the next pay period comes in, I just put that into the emergency fund. Yeah. So that's a perfect strategy of, you know, you're going based off of percentage. Uh, so 20% is a fantastic number to start with. Um, even if you can start with like five or 10%, the point is you want to just start because it's almost like a snowball effect. You start getting a little mm-hmm. bit of money in there and then you just feel like more enticed to send mm-hmm. more over because you see that number growing and it's very encouraging. And mm-hmm. it's uh, very gratifying as well to our to our minds when we see that number getting larger. And it really does provide a sense of security because instead of thinking, you know, oh my gosh, what if something happens? I have like, zero cash. Now you're, you're seeing this bit of a safety net. So um, you just start to find a little bit of like comfort, I find in your everyday mm-hmm. life, knowing that that is there just in case. And like... The thing about an emergency fund, a lot of people won't spend it. They'll be like, well, no, I'll just do credit instead because I don't want to touch that money. But the thing is that account is there for emergencies. So let's say your you know, refrigerator goes and the point is you're going to use that money to get a new refrigerator. So another way that you can start to put money aside if you don't like the idea of doing percentage is just picking um, – a dollar value. Uh, let's say that's mm-hmm. like $50. Okay. Like $50, perfectly acceptable people. Okay. I feel like we're always waiting to have enough to make things worthwhile. But the thing is we all start from somewhere. So maybe for this year, you're only putting $50 a paycheck away into an account. Well, you know what? That's a hundred dollars a month more or less. And that is mm-hmm. uh, $1,200 for the year. So good for you. That's more money that you would have, than you have now than, um, not doing anything and not having that cash and possibly spending it. 
So mm-hmm. never think that anything is too small. I feel like that is the the main idea when you're doing anything with money. Mm-hmm. Even like a dollar, who cares, right? At least you put something away. Yes. I need to make an important distinction here before we get too far down this road of just speaking about the account that this emergency fund is in. This is something I've had to constantly remind myself of, that the emergency fund account is not a fun money account where when you're like, hmm, you know what I want to do? Go on vacation. You know, I haven't quite done it yet because I'm working on the emergency fund right now and I know that there's a little bit that I'm just going to like use because I want to go on a trip this year. But it's always good, like, you know, you can have like a separate fun account, you know, like don't dip into this one unless it absolutely is an emergency. Like you said, like you need to buy a new refrigerator or your computer needs to be replaced because you're in school, that sort of stuff. Yes, exactly. So ideally, you are filling this bucket before you're filling the the fun money or I've heard it called like the the fuck it fund Um it has mm-hmm. many names, but it's kind of like you're, it doesn't matter what this money is being spent off. It's for fun. So ideally you are putting towards the emergency fund. That being said, you know, there's nothing stopping you from putting maybe 15% towards your emergency fund and 5% towards the fund, the fun mm-hmm. fund. Um, you know, it, there's no reason why you can't save for both. But until you have your emergency fund built up a little bit, I I would just personally put a little bit more money into the emergency first and then mm-hmm. the fund. Because um, then once I've hit like, I don't know, my six-month goal, that that cash is there, that um, then I can, you know, put that more money into the, the vacation fund or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so, yeah, and then... In terms of, this is something I also do after I've kind of done my contribution off my paycheck, and I always pay myself first into those accounts before I pay any of my bills or move money around, because um, then I know what I'm working with, and I've already mm-hmm. saved. So I try not to leave the savings for after I've paid all my bills. Because that's kind of mm-hmm. when you feel like you have no money and you don't want to, you know, put it away into another account. You want to keep it in that checking account. Uh, so that's just one important thing. And then I will also, um, I like whole numbers for some reason. Me too. So when I'm, <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of do this both ways. It depends on how how I want to do it. But sometimes if I if I don't have a whole number in my checking account, I will take the portion, like the fractional portion and put it into the savings account, but also mm-hmm. vice versa. If I have a whole number in my savings account, I will send a whole number over so it can stay like topped up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I find that's just like a little uh, small way to, to get yourself to save more money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a little trick, but like don't rely on that as your, as your only method of putting money away. Uh, mm-hmm. Try to do that initial amount and then bonus if, if you can do anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Other people will also, uh, I think you can set this up with some bank accounts. Uh, for every dollar you spend, so much goes into your savings account as well. So that's just another mindless way that you can get money saved. Interesting. I haven't actually heard about that. Yeah. 
I feel like yeah. I think um, I don't know how you well just have that to set it up me, with, but... usually through a debit card. Yeah, that usually works mm-hmm. through um, like a checking. So if you pay with your debit a lot, um, mm-hmm. it can be set up where like I don't know, fifty cents goes into a savings account, whatever, whatever that amount is. You can you can program that. Yeah. So do you have any recommendations for like what type of account we can use to do this? Like at least for Canadians, I feel like we know which accounts are available, but yeah, yes. what so should we be looking for? I'm glad for? you asked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. Yes. So we are focusing on um, Canadian bank accounts only because that's what we are familiar with, obviously in Canada and most of our listeners are from Canada. Hey, uh, but even for our American listeners, there is uh, Ally Bank. Uh, I think that's the the main one. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. similar to this Canadian version. But mm-hmm. in Canada, there is EQ Bank, and EQ mm-hmm. Bank is solely online. There are no bricks and mortars, um, and you can actually link it to your existing bank account. So if you have a BMO account, RBC, TD. Uh, CIBC, doesn't matter what you have, uh, you can link EQ to those accounts and pull money, send money back and forth into what we call a high interest savings account. So likely at your regular bank account, they gave you the little free savings account and maybe it pays you like a penny a month. I love getting that penny though. (laughs) A freaking penny. (laughs) I'm just like, thanks guys. You made me not even 12 cents a year. Um, so I actually don't keep any money at at like my regular bank in that savings account. It's absolutely pointless. Mm-hmm. I might as well just go like throw it outside. Um, mm-hmm. It'll probably make more money doing it that way. So I personally have been using EQ Bank for a few years now. I quite like it. And it's just paying you more interest. And uh, the interest is... Uh, accumulating every day that you have money in that account. And then it's paying you out at the end of the month. Uh, Right now at the time of Mm -hmm. this recording, uh, the account is paying two and a half percent per month, which is insane when you compare it to your regular bank, high interest account or just regular savings account, which is usually less than 1%. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like much, especially when you only have like maybe a couple hundred dollars in that account. But the thing is, it's, it's growing over time, okay? Because that interest is being paid out to you every month. And then interest on that interest, okay? This is what's getting paid out again, all right? So it's building and this is how you start building your fund up, Um Mm-hmm. So EQ Bank is fantastic. We have a referral code down in our show notes if you want to open up an EQ Bank. Uh, for signing up, I believe you will get $20. And full disclosure, we get a kickback from that. Um, but hey, let's all make money together, right? So highly recommend EQ Bank. We are not sponsored by them, by the way, but they are fantastic. They are also growing into... Um, GICs. So if you want to make a little Mm -hmm. bit more interest, you can do that. They also hold registered accounts such as TFSAs and RSPs, and they pay you even Mm -hmm. higher interest rate. I believe it's now 3% on cash. And then they have GICs Mm -hmm. in the 5%, which 
for times right now. It's it's kind of unheard of to be making that much on a GIC, mm-hmm. but just with interest rates, um, it has caused the GIC rates to go up quite a bit. Same with these cash account rates as well. So highly worth it if you are trying to put cash away. Exactly. Important note though about the GICs, if anybody's interested with EQ Bank, based on the research I, d- I did, they are not cashable. So it's a one-year period, for instance, mm-hmm. but it's locked in there. Where you know, if you go to a bank, uh, they often have like non-cashable or cashable GICs, which you can take it out. Um, I think at like you know, starting after the thirty-day mark, and you'll still get some interest. But with the EQ ones, you can't do that. So just keep that in mind, folks. Yeah. So if this is your emergency fund, it's it's not, you know, recommended that you put the full amount into a un, uh, like a non-cashable GIC, uh, just in case you know it's a one-year GIC, but maybe you need that money six months from now. Um, mm-hmm. So you should always have a portion that is just in cash. But what that's what's so fantastic about this account is that you are still earning more interest on that cash than anything else. So that's kind of when you get very comfortable and established with your emergency fund or even like your vacation fund, you're going on a vacation in two years. Um, A GIC is a wonderful option. But yes, like you said, Rachel, keep in mind on that timeframe and how quickly you're going to need that cash. Exactly. We love emergency funds. I mean, they're kind of scary though, because when you consider, when you consider like rent, you know, Perhaps you pay $1,000 for your portion of rent. That's $6,000. That seems very difficult to get to. But you can get there, guys. Yes, it, it does. It does. But you just chip away. The, the important thing to remember is that this is not something that's going to happen in one month, two months. It's going to take you a while, okay? You can only put away so much because you are still paying for your regular expenses every month. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is that you just start chipping away at it. And then sooner than you think you are going to hit that amount. And then you're just going to provide like so much relief and comfort to your, your daily life. Exactly. All right. So that leads perfectly into our next financial tip. And Mm -hmm. this is kind of the, the long debate of do you invest or do you pay off your debt? Mm. Um, this one, it depends on which financial guru you follow. You will get very different answers, uh, depending mm-hmm. on who you ask. Um, you know, if you go the Dave Ramsey approach and I don't, I don't recommend that. Um, I have many thoughts on that, but <laughs> that is like, you need to throw every single penny you have towards your debt before you can do mm-hmm. anything else. And like have a life. Yeah, no, you don't. Or go for it. dinner. No, no. You sit at home in the dark, right? There's no there's no extra expenses. Exactly, yes. exactly. And granted, this has worked for some people, but a very common experience, if you kind of start reading the stories, is that when these people are out of debt, which is an amazing journey for them, um, they are very afraid of money. Uh, mm-hmm. they struggle to ever spend money, which is, is not the worst thing, but in hand, they, they struggle to save money and invest and grow it, uh, 
just through that scarcity mindset. And mm-hmm. it, it does cause like a lot of um, fear and trauma around mm-hmm. money. And a lot of people have anxiety about money. So uh, it's it's very common if you have any anxiety about money. But after having to live with such restriction for so long, a lot of people mm-hmm. struggle to have a healthy relationship with money. And it seems like more often than not, if they were not able to have a healthy mindset that they fell right back into having a lot of debt because that was all they kind of knew. They knew how to pay off debt, but they didn't know actually how to manage their money and live their lives at the same time. Uh, So that's why I'm really not for throwing every penny at debt because even studies will show that if you're only paying off debt and not investing at all, you're actually going to be behind in the long run for someone who is paying off debt and and granted it might take them a little longer. Let's say you're on a path to pay it off in five years and someone who is investing on the side is taking six years. The person who's had the longer time in the market is actually going to be further ahead because for the average person and almost almost everyone really, it's all about having time in the market, not so much timing it or waiting all these years to then start investing because depending on the size of your debt, you could be 10 years paying it off and that is 10 years that you have not been uh, growing your income through dividends and capital growth. And I was just using the example of investing, but that can easily Uh be uh, substituted for paying off a loan versus putting money aside for an emergency fund so that it's flexible. The Uh point is you should be doing a little bit of both. Um, Uh That way, you know, if, if you're just working on your emergency fund, you still have a little bit of cash. Or if Mm -hmm. you're investing, well, now you have X number of years more in the market than you would have if you were trying to only pay off debt. And Mm -hmm. it's just a better balance for managing your money. And you can Mm -hmm. get comfortable with both sides, right? Because debt is very common and you can use debt strategically but also mm-hmm. investing is very much a necessity. Exactly. I actually have two really good examples Go for this. Um, so the first one being just the, you know, doing a bit of both where you're putting money aside, but you're also paying off debt. So I fell into a bit of a pattern uh, with my credit card in the fall. Granted, I was spending a little bit more money than I would want to, where instead of putting at least just a chunk aside, I was trying to put as much as I pot, like pretty much everything I had onto paying down that credit card, which like I kind of had to, but I just fell into this pattern where I wasn't necessarily paying attention to the credit card statement I was getting. Mm -hmm. I was just paying attention to the balance that you see on the card. Right. So especially because like the way that I live my life, I um, pretty much put everything on my credit card and then I pay it off because, you know, I love those airplane points that I was just like in this never ending cycle mm-hmm. because the second you pay off your credit card that you essentially are put all your lifestyle expenses on, it's 
got money on it again the next day because you bought groceries. Right. So, you know, a practice that I'm trying to work on now is being like, okay, I'm going to stick to that like 20% putting away, whether it's to emergency fund or potential investing, um, and just focusing on making sure that the credit card statement balance is paid down. And, you know, another good example that I have is I actually have um, a car loan which I got in 2018. So the interest rate on it is great. Um, and I was kind of considering like, okay, you know, this year as I'm making a bit more, do I want to start just tossing money onto that car loan to pay it down faster? Or should I just put keep putting money aside? But with the EQ bank account, I'm actually getting more interest on that than the interest rate on my car. So yeah, and it that makes was more exactly, sense for me to put it away. Yeah, exactly. That was my, my next point that I was going to make that um, with with student loans, car loans, uh, those types of loans, usually the interest that you're paying is very low. And so mm-hmm. like you said, with that EQ bank interest rate, or even if you are um, doing a little bit investing, the, the dividends that you're being paid, often they're higher than the interest rate that you are paying. So one way Uh to think about it is that uh, interest that's coming in, that's covering the interest on your loan and plus a little. Uh So you're still making cash. Um, So Uh that's why I'm always for doing a bit of both. And I, I love, like I know we've brought up so many times now, but get that chunk put aside before you do anything right? Because then it's, it's Uh gone. You can't think about it. You can't use it. It's already safely tucked away. Exactly. Yes. Yes. All right. Our final tip and just to kind of round out this episode is having, you know, how do we want to say this? We all have good intentions. I like to think as people, right? We have the best Uh intentions for ourselves. We, we set goals and we're determined to reach them. However, when it's just for us, it can be a little hard to stick to them. And that that's partly why we wanted to put this episode out right now, because it's been two months and I would like a show of hands, even though we can't see them, of how many people have stuck to all of their uh-huh. New Year's resolutions or goals that they have set for this year. Um, you've probably already dropped some off. That's what I'm going to guess by that show of hands. So the best thing that you can do is have an accountability buddy. And this, this buddy, you know, they don't need to know every detail of your finances, but they could be on the same journey as you, a similar journey, maybe not even the same journey. But the point is that is the person who is going to check in on you to make sure that you were putting that money away. And it's just by mm-hmm. having the discussion of just being like, hey, we got paid. Did you put your your emergency fund money away? Did you contribute to your TFSA this month? Um, you know, it's it's just having that little constant reminder. And then in turn, you're doing the same for that person because it really does take kind of a village to mm-hmm. keep ourselves accountable sometimes. So don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to your siblings, friends, whoever you feel comfortable and like I said, you're not necessarily talking about the details of your finances, but you're comfortable enough to trust that they are going to check in with you and you're going to check in with them. 
Exactly. My favorite way that you're my accountability buddy is when I'm like, I want to buy something from Sephora. You're like, don't be a spendy girl, Rachel. And I'm like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I would say the same about you because I think it was like over the holidays. I'm just like, I want to go to the spa. And you're like, no, Laura, you will be happier with the $100 in your bank account. And I was Literally. like, you know what? You are right. My favorite thing about us too is like when – one of us comes in, we're like, I want to buy something from Sephora or Aerie or go to the spa or something. It's just like, do you actually want to do that or do you just want to spend money? Yes, that that is where I said, that's where you need your friend of just like, I think this is a fleeting thought, okay? I don't mm-hmm. think you mean it. I don't think you actually want to drop all that money on frivolous things. So mm-hmm. there, that's your person right there to kind of be like, are you really sure? Maybe you should sleep on it. And I know I've yes. mentioned this many times right at our show, like I'm a big fan of the 24-hour rule or the one-week rule, mm-hmm. one-month rule. If I'm still thinking about it down the road, then yeah, maybe that's something I'm going to um, purchase or, or get into. But mm-hmm. if I'm just having this fleeting thought of like, I should get my nails done, um, I'm probably going to forget about that real quick. And I have my accountability mm-hmm. buddy being like, Laura... Why would you ever get your nails done? You break them all the time. That is a waste of money. So always- You ride horses. I know. I ride horses, okay? I jump a couple jumps and I've got all my nails ripped off. It's not Uh worth me putting money into my nails. But um, that's where you want your accountability buddy being like, you've never done that in your life. Why do you want to do it? So good to have the check-in friend. Honestly, I love it too because like- we'll be like have to convince each other out of like going to buy more tea than we already have in our lives. And, but then like when it was came to like us buying computers last year, we were thinking about that for two years, Laura. Exactly. So two years. Yeah. That, that is when, you know, your accountability buddy, they see you've put the thought and the time into it and probably put the money in, in your savings. So then they can green light that for you. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Anyway, those those are all of our tips for right now. Um, just three little tips to hopefully get you started on your savings goals or just helping you understand better how to manage your money. So we hope you enjoyed them. If you have any exactly. tips for us, uh, definitely send them to our email, teawithlaurachel at gmail.com. Yes, and if you would like to leave us a review you can do so on apple podcasts and you can also do a rating on spotify also um if anybody knows if mercury is in retrograde right now please drop us an email because i would like to know because we've been having some wild technical issues this evening which hopefully with our editing magic you won't hear anything about but you know just let us know please Yes, we are keeping our fingers crossed it took us over an hour to film to record like a <laughs> what 30 minute episode. Um, So this is probably going to be one of our shortest episodes because we had so many issues. But nevertheless, we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back again with another episode. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea.